All right, good evening. This is JB coming with another installment here with Solution Sports. Doing an MLB podcast once again for today's games. I believe there's 13 games on the site today. Um, just a quick rundown. Um, I was doing a recording earlier that got uh, untransmitted. But uh, we do have the Yankees playing today earlier against um, the Red Sox. A very important game for both teams. Um, two of the more of the aces on the mound there for the Yankees um, and Red Sox. Chris Sale starting um, today against um, John Paxson. Um, quick um, <clears throat> rundown here of the 7 o'clock games. We have two six. 30 games, 6.35 p.m. start, Boston at New York Yankees, and then we have Pittsburgh Pirates going against the Tigers. And then um, 7 o'clock, we have a, a, a NL East um, divisional matchup between the Mets and the Phillies. And we got the Giants going up against the Washington Nationals. Um, and then we have the Orioles going up against Tampa Bay Rays. As we know, um, Blake Snell has been put on the 10-day injury list with a toe injury. Uh, hopefully he comes back healthy and ready to contribute to that team who's been playing very well there at the top of the AL East. Uh, we also have the Cubs going against Miami and Marlins. Uh, and then we have Arizona going against Atlanta. 7:20 start here for the Braves here in Atlanta. And then we have the Blue Jays playing against the Twins. At 7.40, the Cardinals, again, going against Milwaukee. You want to definitely probably add on top of the great play um, the other night by Christian Yellick. Um, the guy just does it all. He's a complete player. He's like a modern-day age, Jordan Maggio. Um, Three-home run game yesterday. I always say when these two teams get together, there's always fireworks. When um, St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers play, Strong division, a matchup. Neither team wants to lose to one another. Another good game should be there going down in Milwaukee at 740. We have Anaheim Angels going against the Rangers. And then um, you got the Royals going against the White Sox. And Colorado, their winners, their last two, playing against San Diego. Um, my first podcast, well, not first podcast, but podcast before that, um, the one I'm actually doing today, I was pretty hard on Colorado. They had that long 18-inning game, which they lost to San Francisco. They are winners of their last two. They're trying to come around. Arenado did go deep the other night. So it's a work in progress for you Rockies fans. Um, we'll see how they fare on the road against San Diego today. Houston is scorching hot right now. The Astros going up against Oakland. Um, I haven't looked at the pitchers, as we will here shortly, but... Um, offense, uh, looking like offense totally in that game. And then we have the Reds against the Dodgers. We saw how the Dodgers faithful gave Yasiel Puig such a great welcome back to Dodgers Stadium the other day. And he, <laughs> he went deep. <laughs> he took Kershaw deep yesterday on that pitch right down the middle. It seemed like a setup to me, but he did what he was supposed to do with it. And then we have the Indians going against the Mariners, okay? So, um, you know, I like to start off. I like to look at the division, kind of run down what's at stake. Um, in my previous transmission, I cut off. We know pretty much the Yankees and Red Sox are playing pretty much 
a lot of the same kind of baseball at the moment. Neither team really uh, run away with anything high level of performance metrics to really talk about in the presence. But the one highlight that the Yankees did have is that CC came off of his recovery and pitched a great game. No one really knew what kind of CC was we were going to get, but he did um, a wonderful job, and they scored him um, good run support in that game. Um, if we look here, we go ahead and look at um, standings here very quickly. Regular season standings. Um, the highlight, like I said, I've always been a big fan currently of what the National League East Division has amounted to. I think it's going to be something great to watch throughout the 2019 season. Um, we know in the last 10, the Yankees and Boston have identical 4-6 records. They're losers of their last game. Um, currently, Yankees sporting a little bit better at 69 to 400 winning percentage right now. Boston 6-11. I gave a, a big high consensus and faithful to Boston in their last game against Baltimore and Porcello was on the mound, but the bad Porcello actually came out. He had a very bad outing, didn't pitch very well. The top of the order that I did predict to do very well that I did like on paper did generate a lot of runs for Baltimore. They did overwhelmingly good, and um, Boston couldn't get anything going. They barely, I don't think they got over five hits in that game. So I don't know if this rivalry is going to spark some kind of temperament amongst the Red Sox faithful. Um, and who knows if, what what kind of um, pitcher we're going to get out of the pitchers. Maybe this rivalry is what's going to cause maybe an awakening between between uh, Chris Sale and John Paxson. So there's a showdown in DraftKings for that. Um, I will give a little bit of advice. You know, if you want to play the showdown and place a captain in your lineup, it wouldn't probably be bad to put one of the aces in that captain position. We both know... Um, if one of these pitchers goes off and they start dealing and striking out, it's going to be a long day for the batters in either lineup. And you'll be out front in your lineup because, you know, you get 1.5 extra points for scoring based on the scoring metrics within the MLB DraftKings setup. So you have a Paxson or you go with a sale in your captain position um, and they end up getting 10-plus strikeouts, you're going to have a whole lot of productivity out of that one position. All right, so uh, that's a little bit of advice there on the showdown for the 635 um, starts there. Tampa Bay, as I've always talked about since last year in my podcast, they're 12-4, and four, they're 73 in their last 10. Snell did go down, but we're going to see how they adjust to that and how the management gets other people in the lineup and pitching and all to step up. Baltimore, surprisingly, 7-10. Um, they're 3-7 in their last 10. Um, they won their last game. They were out the gate doing very good, but they had some pretty tough opponents there. But they're going to um, be a developing team throughout the year. Um, Minnesota's at the top of the AL Central, 8-5. and five. They're 6-4 and four, along with the Indians, 6-4 and four in their last 10. Um, <clears throat> the division that everyone should be watching is the AL West. Um, very competitive division. Houston, 
nine and one in their last ten. I mean, they went into Seattle and they pretty much just brutalized that team. Um, their losers of their last four due to the Houston Astros' great performance. They have risen eleven and five, point six eight eight winning percentage right now. Oakland's still right there at ten and nine. Um, Texas is at eight and seven. Um, both teams three games back. Um, and Anaheim have actually played played their way out, even with Trout on the DL there, getting off his groin injury. They're seven and three in the last ten. I'm very surprised by the Angels. Um, they've come back and held their own in the tough AL West division. And um, yeah, in the NL East, you have the Mets out front, a big division of game once again with the Phillies tonight. They're ten and six. Mets at the top of the NL East, only holding on by half a game on top of Atlanta and Philly. Washington will always be lurking right there at 7-7. Seven and seven. They're two games behind the Mets. And uh, right now the Braves they came off a good series there. Um, they're winners of their last two. Uh, coming off that three-game series against the Mets, two, taking two out of three from them. Um, they're playing in their last ten the best out of everybody in their division. With um, Washington six and four in their last ten, and the Mets and Phillies five and five, bottom at five hundred. And then Miami, of course, an underdog in the division four and thirteen, two and eight in their last ten. Milwaukee, not surprised that they're at the top of that division with Yellick playing the MVP honors already. Again, I already kind of talked about how well the guy is performing. He's like. The nerves of steel. They're eleven to six. They're a game and a half up on Pittsburgh, who still is holding their own. They're doing very good. They have a six thirty five start tonight. Pittsburgh seventy three in their last ten. Milwaukee five and five in their last ten. Um Pittsburgh going against Detroit today in an interleague matchup. St. Louis, they're going up against Milwaukee once again. They're nine to seven. They're right there holding on. Cubs trying to make a little move there. They're still under 500 at 6-9. And, and they're winners of their last one. Um, Cincinnati bomb out the NL Central at 5-10. All right. So, basically, that's just a little rundown. Um, some things to watch, of course, is the, um, the matchup of Philly and the Mets. A lot of the people in the baseball world will be watching that. Of course, St. Louis and Milwaukee has implications with St. Louis just being one game behind Milwaukee in the losing column. Um, Milwaukee has two more wins than St. Louis, but again, a game and a half back, um, they're going to want to make some noise today. Um, Houston, they're playing in Oakland. That's going to be another game to definitely watch to see if Houston continues to roll the tide or if Oakland wants to play spoilers. And then you got the rivalry between Boston and New York. So it should be some very good baseball tonight. Um, definitely a good, good night to get out and and um, watch some good baseball. All right. Um, we'll go over a couple of, of the matchups at hand here. And right now on the 7 o'clock slate, this is not adding to um, the Yankees and Red Sox and the um, Pittsburgh Pirates game and the Tigers. So right now, DraftKings, I always speak from that platform. They have Tyler Glass now, 10-6, top pitcher on here going against Baltimore. I see all these pitchers highly 
Price and going up against Baltimore. And Baltimore, they're, they're just quietly going along and producing runs and collecting hits and playing as a team, you know. Um, these high salaries against Baltimore, I don't really take them for granted. I would say that um, they're like a, a underdog, but they always play good. Now, Glass now, you know, he's 3 0, he's undefeated, 21 strikeouts on the year, 0.82 whip. He's averaging 27.3 fancy points per game. Very good overall. Um, he's had opponents on um, Houston, Astros, San Francisco, and the White Sox. His last two games were on the road, which is a very good. Um, positive thing for a pitcher who can go out on the road and win, you know. We know Tampa Bay is generally a pitcher's park along with Miami. Um, those two parks in Florida are mainly for pitchers, but he went out and won in good fashion um, against the White Sox. He got a lot of run support in that game. 9-1. to one. And then he got uh, run support in San Francisco. That game was 5-2. and two. And his least amount of fancy points was against Houston, which was 17.1. He got over 20 um, against San Francisco, 27, and then over 30 against the White Sox. So what has he been doing? He hasn't been giving up a lot of hits, and he hasn't been walking a lot. In his last three games, he's only given up one walk in each contest. That definitely keep the ERA down and keep unwarranted uh, base runners off the base and keeping him from scoring. And um, he has a pretty good... Showing a strikeout ability. He had 11 strikeouts against the White Sox. He was just in the zone. Um, six strikeouts against um, San Francisco. And then he had four against Houston. Um, he's been giving his team around 80 pitches a game. So he hasn't really been up into the 100 pitch mark. And um, and he's been giving him a strong five innings. You know, everything you could ask of out of a pitcher for his first three games, um, he's done it. Um, is he definitely worth it? Um, I would say yes. Um, going against Baltimore once again, I do have respect for what they're doing right now. Um, but with a pitcher pitching at this grade of, of, of performance and him being in the pitcher's park in Tampa Bay, I think that 10 6 salary looks like, um, he'd be able to give you value back in that. That's Steven Strasburg at home, Washington. 5.4 ERA. Uh, he has a 1-0 record. 20 strikeouts. Whip at a decent 1.38. Got off the schneid against Philly. It was a no decision. The reason he has a zero in the loss column because he's had two no decisions. Um, his ERA kind of tells the story of where he is right now in the season. He's over five. Um... You know, he has shown his ability for who he is. He had a 34 fancy point game against the Mets on the road, and that's the one game that he won. He had 108 pitches in that game, nine strikeouts, only gave up three hits and 6.2 in his pitch, and only walked one. When Strasburg doesn't have issues walking, he's a lot more effective. When he goes aggressively after the batters and makes them put the ball in play and mixing his stuff up, um, he can be very, very detrimental to any um, batting lineup, you know, what they're trying to do. San Francisco, not really the most terrifying team, um, but still at the end of the day, you know, they're going to put some lefties up there. He's a right-hand pitcher. He's going against Dugar 
And then you got Panic 2 lefties at the top of the lineup there for San Francisco. Um, Posey, um, they're in the third spot. And Brandon Belt um, batting cleanup. And, and Crawford there in the fifth spot. Um, I do like the left-hand presence. They've added um, G. Parr from Colorado. He's also down there. And they got Pilar over from from Toronto at the bottom. The bottom order is pretty solid with Longoria, Pilar, Parra. Um, I think that San Francisco could possibly give them a little bit of a, a little bit of run for the money, um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think I think what Washington is doing, experience with Strasburg, it's not a lot of power outside of maybe Crawford, and I mean Posey has not been his normal self for the past two years. You know, I mean Longoria can sport something here and there, but I mean there's not a lot of prevalent power in this lineup to overpower um, Strasburg. If the Giants do anything, they will have to definitely generate runs by um, playing good baseball by bringing runners in. If they get a leadoff double or something like that, or someone's you know be aggressive on the base, they will have to generate runs. It's not going to just come off a of brute strength here. Um, yeah, I've had an Eaton there at the top of the order. Um, Brian Dozier. I like when Brian Dozier is there in the second spot. Rain down. I've talked very highly of him as a blue-collar guy there in that lineup. He does it all. 5,400 salary tells you about his his value as a, um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a fantasy player. And then you got Soto coming behind those guys. I mean, Soto, he, he has all the opportunity to – Gain a lot of metrics, batting behind Eaton, Dozier, and Rendon. He doesn't really get any better than that. And then he's a left-hand batter going against Rodriguez. That's Pudge Rodriguez's son um, pitching for the Giants today. Um, his salary is at 6600 versus Strasburg's salary at ten three, just due to the strikeout. 